Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. Refugees from Ukraine into the nation of Poland as part of short-term mission service uh, through the Church of the Nazarene, and so continue to pray for her, if you would. That's, it's just, I, I love these kind of family moments where we get to, to care for one another and get to, to journey with our brothers and sisters. Well, as we continue our Advent journey, I just want to encourage you again to journey, journey with us through our Advent devotional. We have more copies that we've, that we've laid out, out in the foyer, um, a, a book called Let Us Adore Him, which has readings for each, each day of this uh, Advent journey through, the, uh, through the, the first Sunday of Advent, which was last Sunday, all the way through uh, to Christmas Eve. Um, and uh, that, that devotional this year written by Samantha Chamba, who's the wife of one of our, our general superintendents here in the, in the Church of the Nazarene. It has been an encouragement for me this week. I've taken time um, not only to do the readings, but there's questions after each readings and to write a few things down just to, to help my brain and to help my spirit engage with what, what I've been reading. So um, today, the second Advent candle is lit, the candle of peace. Um, Peace isn't often the overriding vibe we get from the world today, amen? Uh, it certainly is one way for us in living with Christ that we get to say, I, I want to participate with the things of God, with the kingdom of God, to, to live in a, in a peaceful way uh, and to participate uh, in this life. Um, an invitation from Christ to say, not so with you. Don't, don't live like the rest of the world in this, in this regard. Be a person of peace. And so today we get to, to think about that. Um, last week we read from the book of Romans, and today we're returning to that uh, book, um, Romans chapter 15, um, starting in verse 4, will be uh, where I'm picking up uh, the scriptures today as we journey through uh, this Advent season. Um, so if you have your Bibles, you can open with me to Romans 15, or if you have a device, you can point it in that direction. Um, out of reverence for the reading of God's Word, those who are willing and able, would you please stand as I read from Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 4 and reading down through verse 13. Whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we could have hope through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures. May the God of endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude toward each other, similar to Christ Jesus' attitude. That way you can glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ together with one voice. So welcome each other in the same way that Christ also welcomed you for God's glory. I'm saying that Christ became a servant of those who are circumcised for the sake of God's truth 
in order to confirm the promises given to the ancestors, and so that the Gentiles could glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, Because of this I will confess you among the Gentiles, and I will sing praises to your name. And again it says, Rejoice, Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and all the people should sing his praises. And again, Isaiah says, There will be a root of Jesse who will also rise to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will place their hope in him. Verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in faith so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please be seated. I have a question for you as we begin, as I often do. Who is the most welcoming, most hospitable person you have ever known? Who is the most welcoming, hospitable, <laughs> hospitable person you have ever known? Do you have that person in your mind? And I want you to think of that person right now. Do you have the, that person for you to, when they open the door to you, you know there's a space at the table that's reserved for you and that is meant for you. I've had a lot of people who fit this bill in my life, um, but, but growing up, the person that most poignantly uh, I filled that role in, in my life and was the person that I still visualize to some degree today um, was my grandparents, my mom's, my mom's folks. They lived in, in Bellevue, Washington. And so we I grew up most of my life in Ontario, Oregon, which isn't too far away from here, but we would make the trek up to Bellevue, Washington uh, at least a couple times a year, every year. Um, and and we, would, we would regularly uh, travel to them. Um, and, and inexplicably, in their house, they had this massive table, just massive table. And I'm sure, I, I mean, I... I remember seeing it when I was smaller, so it was probably not quite as big as I remember it. We have a fairly large table at our house, too, um, believe it or not. But they had this massive table for just the two of them. Um, and and it, never, it never struck me what that table must have looked like when I wasn't there. I mean, I was a kid, and, and I was always there when I was there. So I, I just didn't imagine it. But, but thinking back now... I. This long table filled their dining space that was, they had, it was very wide as well. It normally pushed up against the table even when we were there because they would take the two seats on the end and then our family would fill out the, the long side of the table and the other side, the short side of the table and, and it would be enough space for all of us. And they had this huge table just for the two of them. We would show up, the five of us, my mom and my dad, my two sisters, and we would we would fill in the table, and we each had our own room. I would, I would stay in, in Uncle Alan's old room with his wrestling posters from high school still hung up on the wall saying, you know, pin them, uh, all these great wrestling puns that, that hung above me as I, as I slept. In the summers, I would go up for, for two-week stays just by myself with Grandma and Grandpa. Um, when I would go to that house, their number was 16634. When I would go to 16634, I was welcomed. And I had my space. I had my place, and it fit. I fit into that space because they made it so. That sense of, 
of welcoming. That sense of welcoming is such a gift to receive from someone else. But it's also such a gift to have. To have that sense, to, to create that sense for another person, to extend that sense of being welcomed is a gift. And I'm drawn to verse 7 today in, in our scripture. The, the, the verse 7 that talks about our chance to, to, to be welcoming in our lives. And it sets a bar for us. <laughs> the high bar that is set for us. It says, so welcome each other in the same way that Christ also has welcomed you. <laughs> How's that for a standard? How's that for what we're to compare ourselves to? That's a pretty high standard. I also remind you that this is the book of Romans, right? Written to the church that had begun to meet in the big city of Rome, this kind of metropolitan area of, of ancient, ancient times. Here, to the church in Rome, uh, where, where there were probably a few Jews, probably a few people who, who understood and had practiced the following of Yahweh according to the Old Testament principles and guidelines but was probably mostly Gentiles. Probably mostly a bunch of people who didn't understand these old cultures and didn't understand the ways in which the Israelite nation had worshipped. There were probably a lot of outsiders exploring this, this new thing called the way, the way of following Jesus. And it was to that group the writer of Romans was saying, take a look at how Christ has received you, how Christ has welcomed you. And that's how you are to live. And that's how you are to behave. As I was thinking about this standard that's mentioned in verse 7, the, the welcoming of Christ, and as I thought and as I, as, as I reflected on Jesus' life and his ministry over the course of time, that we see in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I also asked the, the opposite question, and maybe a more intriguing question. Who was it that Christ didn't welcome? I mean, who were the people that Christ was like, I can take a break from welcoming these folks? There were the fishermen. They were kind of stinky and kind of... The, the, the grunts, right? They were welcome. Those were, those were some of his disciples. The tax collectors, the ones that the Jews were like, these people are working for the wrong side. He welcomed those people too. There were the lepers and the cripples, the people that had been outcasts, people who had, had for, for medical reasons, for contagious reasons, the people kind of stayed away. Jesus welcomed those people. The children the ones who weren't worth the time of the rabbis, the ones who were kind of pushed aside and said, oh, you'll have your time when you grow up. Jesus welcomed them. Get to come to me. The people of ill repute, they were welcomed. The marginalized, they were welcomed. Men and women, broken, lame, blind, sick, rich, poor, they were welcomed. There were a few people that Jesus had some harsh words for. The religiously arrogant. 
the people like me who were kind of caught up in all the tradition, the people who ran the, the temple, the people who were in charge of the religious activities, who had become arrogant, stuck in their ways, were probably the ones that Jesus had the least amount of patience for. I wouldn't say didn't welcome them, and yet as they were stuck in their ways, as they wanted to protect what they had, sometimes Jesus had the harshest words for them. All this space that Jesus made as he walked from town to town, for everyone that he encountered, he saw the hurting and he saw the broken. And it says that Jesus had compassion on them as they wandered like sheep without a shepherd. This was Christ's response to us. This welcoming response was how he interacted with humanity as he witnessed their brokenness. He said, come to me, everyone who's hurting and broken, and I will give you rest. I'll be that safe space. There's a spot at my table. I even got a room for you with wrestling posters on the wall. A place for you to come and rest. And the writer of Romans is like, be like Christ. Be like Christ. And it's not lost on me that this is the text that this year is partnered with the theme of peace. The theme of peace. I mentioned my, my grandparents. My, my grandparents were very, very faithful church attenders. They, they went to an Episcopalian church. Um, and, and Episcopalian churches are kind of modeled after the Church of England. They use the Book of Common Prayer, and they have this ritual that they go through. And, and I'll tell you, when I was young... Uh, the church kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, I didn't know all the things that were going on, and, and they did all these these unexpected things, things I weren't, was not used to. But they had this tradition in their service called, and some of you have encountered this and, and done this in the past, but they had this tradition called the passing of the peace. How many of you have ever been in a service that had a passing of peace? Several of you have. Okay, great. Um, it's similar to our, our old greeting time. We used to have a greeting time. This was pre-COVID, actually, is I think what killed it. It was an introvert's nightmare, right? The greeting time is like, okay, now we're going to be friendly. Now's the time. Don't be, I mean, you can be friendly anytime you want to, but this is like the really friendly time. And we're going to walk around and shake people's hand and say, it's good to see you. It is good to see you. And, and we all feel that. We all express that, hopefully, to the people that we're sitting by. Um, but during this passing of the peace time, it was like greeting time with a script. Like, you got to know what to say. You, you went around, and everyone would shake hands, and they would say, the peace of the Lord. Or they'd say, peace. They'd say, peace be with you. In early elementary grades, I was terrified of this time. I, I, did, I didn't know the script, um, and, and there were... Uh, and. and it was an older congregation. They had, they had several services, and my grandparents always went to the early service, and, and there were a bunch of people their age there at this. And so you get an early elementary kid there with all these grandparents, and what do the grandparents want to do? They want to come and, and say hi and greet and welcome the kid in elementary school. I was terrified. I'd sit there, quiet, try to keep, avoid eye contact at all. 
at all contests. In junior high, that changed for me. It became a competition. And I would count the number of people I could, could greet and then go compare with my sisters and be like, how many people did you get peace from? senior high in college, there's this deep appreciation that the people of God would extend to me the very peace of God as a means of grace for me in that moment. And I got to participate too. That as I said, the peace of the Lord be with you, that maybe, just maybe in that moment, they could receive from me peace. Not from me, not from the magic words that I said, but from the Holy Spirit speaking into their life through the words from my lips. Who was I? What significance did I hold in that moment other than to be the people of God for the people of God in that place? With every greeting, peace despite the waves, peace despite the chaos, peace countering the noise of the world in which we live. And there's no better illustration for us. There's no better illustration for, for us and for the people of Rome's day that exactly where the writer goes in the, in the book of Romans he goes back to the Old Testament days. He quotes four different passages from the Old Testament. If you have, all, all of your scriptures have these little tiny letters that no one can read, um, and, they, and they go down to the footnotes uh, down below. Um, and each one of those passages that the writer quotes comes from the Old Testament, and he's talking about Jews and Gentiles. Writing to the church in Rome, writing to this gathering of folks that probably were more Gentiles than they were Jews. For a church and a movement where the heritage of the Jews was kind of this founding principle, that the worship of Yahweh had developed into to following after Christ, and Christ had been crucified, and then Christ had been raised. But it was located in this Gentile-centric culture in the city of Rome. <laughs> Rome represented the conqueror. Rome represented the, the colonizer, the, the subjugator. Rome, the empire. And here the writer of Romans is like, see all these passages that talked about the fact that the Gentiles were included. The Gentiles got to be a part. Rome had become the rally cry for the for the for the agitators, the ones who wanted to stand up, the ones who wanted to, to rebel and say, we want our own culture. Rome had become the, the real and present threat to the Israeli way of, of life and culture and tradition and, and even at sometimes worship, especially worship. And it's to this church that the instruction is given, welcome people. Well, well how, how am I supposed to do that? Take your example from Christ. How did Christ treat you? 
It's not any wonder why these quotes are given. Two are come from Psalms. One comes from the very heart of the law in Deuteronomy. Another from the prophet Isaiah. And what's the theme? Gentiles. Gentiles are welcome. From the Old Testament, the, the, the place where commonly we kind of think of, the, think of the Old Testament is this time when Israel got to be Israel. Israel got to have their identity and establish their practices, kind of this deep tribalism. There, were, there was an in-group and there was an out-group, those who qualify and those who didn't. The writer of Romans says, even back in our heritage, even back in the days when Israel got to be Israel, Provision was made. Provision was made and space was created so that we could have hospitality, for the, even for the outsider. The pursuit of peace is not something recently that I feel has high value in our world, at least these days. Instead, the goal has seemed to be kind of vilify the other, like prove your point and drop the mic and walk away. You don't need to have conversation anymore. Or even go further and insult and shame the other perspective, the different opinion, the alternate idea. As we encounter the Advent theme of peace, the church today has to take its cues from the church of Rome. Take its cues from the Jews and Gentiles of the Roman church who received this letter. Where the writer said, receive each other this way. Do you want to see how, how welcoming and reception and hospitality works? Then look at the life of Christ. I think Rome had become this place where, where compromise was, was so foreign, even, even offensive. It was the people who followed Christ who broke through that norm and said, we're going to live different. We're going to see each other through the eyes of love. The question we have to ask ourselves and, and th that I want to present to you today just for you to think about is this question. Who is it that stirs your heart away from peace? What's that group of people? What's that, that, that group that even thinking about them tends to, to rile, the, rile you up or, or get you worked up, tends to just make you uncomfortable or stirs you away from peace. The, the rude driver on the road. The neighbor that shares their music at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Those people with those other politics. We all have those people who, at least for us, make it, make it so hard to live a life of peace. When we think of them, when, when we hear them, when they... When they unexpectedly pop into our lives at the inconvenient moments that they choose to do so. Make it so hard to live a life of peace, to pursue peace, to have that attitude that's similar to Christ. 
you see the key in the heart of this passage actually comes earlier in verse 5. Where it says that our attitude, the goal of our attitude is to be similar to Christ Jesus. Again, we have this bar that's set so high. We have this, this goal that seems somewhat unattainable. But that's the key to unlocking the peace of Christ. That's the vision that the presence of the Christ child brings. As we expectantly, as we sit on the edge of our seat waiting for, for Christ to arrive and to bring peace on earth. It's in Isaiah, it says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's who we celebrate coming. That's why we light the candles. That's why we... We decorate our homes. That's why we put twinkle lights up on the house. That's why we have trees that we post. That's why we gather Christmas lists, shop for our kids and our grandkids, try to make Christmas special. Sometimes we, we don't have that attitude. Sometimes we have an alternate attitude. As we think about Christ coming and, and that, that Christ came the first time and he promised that he would come again, sometimes we have a different perspective or a different attitude. We say, we say this, we say, I can't wait for Jesus to get back. I'm ready for the, the Prince of Peace to get back here and straighten the world out. <laughs> Bring peace to fix everybody else. That's not our message, church. That's not our message. That's not what we're called to. So Christ has come and the inauguration of the kingdom of God has dawned upon us today. And this is what Advent is all about, that Christ has come. Christ has come and now we pursue living like Christ for the sake of the kingdom, that we might be part of making the kingdom come even now. What was the prayer that Christ taught us to pray? He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth for us now, right now, we get to participate in the bringing of the kingdom. And to live with the hope of Christ and to proclaim the peace of Christ upon our world. It's part of the work that I want to be a part of. Amen? And that's our joy in this season of Advent. I'm going to invite the praise team to come up. We're going to close with a song in just a moment. But some of us today, as we've, as we've heard this call from the book of Romans, to, to welcome others as Christ has welcomed us, if... If you've truly engaged that thought, that's a challenge for us today. That's a challenge for us today. It, 
as I've asked questions of, of who stirs your heart and life away from peace, I believe that there's people that have come to your mind. There's people, I hope that, that you pictured people in your mind that said, man, it's really hard. It's really difficult for me with this group or with this person. I believe the Lord takes moments like that and, and lays people on our hearts today. And today, the call upon our lives is not to watch the candle get lit and sing a few songs and go home and say, wow, that was a good service today. So glad I went to church. The call is to go and be peacemakers. The call is to go and say, Lord, you laid this person on my heart. You laid this group on my heart. And revealed to me that I haven't been striving for peace. I haven't participated with the bringing of the kingdom of God for these people because, well, you know why, God, because they're like how they are. Some of you today need to say, Lord, change me. Lord, change my heart today. Lord, today I commit in this season to start being a peacemaker. You need to make that commitment. You need to, to maybe even come to an altar and pray and say, God, I just want to lay this person, <laughs> this neighbor, this group of people, this family member, on the altar. Or maybe in from your chair you need to say, God, I commit this person to you. I know, I know your call to peace, but it's difficult. But today I choose, I choose to be obedient, not to take the easy path. I think that's why we come to church some days. It's for the Lord to speak to us and for us to respond and say, today I choose, today I will. Today, Lord, you've laid this specific chance on my heart. Today, I'm not just going to watch the candle of peace get lit, but today I choose to be a peacemaker in my life as I head home. So today, I, I just feel led to offer that chance to you. You can speak that prayer. If you want to come forward, you'll have a chance to make that commitment and that prayer to God to say, Lord, today I choose just between you and God to, to pray that prayer. If you want someone to pray with you, you can grab them by the hand and drag them with you. They'd love to come pray with you too. Um, but that's how important this truly is today, this Advent season this unique chance to respond to God's call to be a peacemaker. Let's pray. So before I start to pray, I know there's some people here who say, uh, <laughs> I know I should be seeking peace with this group, but I'm not ready to commit. That preacher, <laughs> you, don't, you don't understand how hard it is for me. Pastor, I know I should be a person of peace, but there's this person, there's this situation that I'm not ready to commit to being a peacemaker. 
And with everybody with their eyes bowed, eyes closed, heads bowed, if that's you today and you say, Lord, Trent, I know know there's someone I should be making peace with, but I'm just not ready. Would you pray for me that I could be ready? If there's somebody like that with nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand real quick so that I can specifically pray for you? Yep, thank you. Mm Mm-hmm, yep, thank you. Anybody else? Mm Mm-hmm, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. It's a gift, I think, to be honest with the Lord. And I'll be praying for you this week. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this call to peace. I'm so grateful for how you have welcomed us and how you have set for us the example of welcoming, but also the example of attitude. And today, Father, as we focus on the peace that the Christ child brings into our world. We also pray that we could model that, that we could be an example of that, that we could live our lives according to a new way of living that doesn't doesn't always add up, that doesn't make sense to the world around us, God. But we know that the peace of the Lord is our strength. Lord, for those today that have said, I, I want to be a peacemaker. I know there's people in my life with whom I need to, to follow after you. And they've made that commitment today, God. Pray for them and ask that you would help them hold that commitment in their lives. Make us bold peacemakers. Make us people who the world just doesn't understand because of our love for you and how you've transformed us. Lord, I also pray for those that have said, in all honesty, they know there's people with whom they need to make peace, but they're just not sure they're ready. I pray for them and ask that you would be very close to them. Hold them this day and this week, God, and in this season pray that you would just continue to be close to them. For we know that in your presence, you begin to change us and shape us and mold us and form us into the people you call us to be. And so my prayer is for them as well. Today, God, as we travel through this Advent season, we pray that we would be the peacemakers of this world and that we would live with an attitude like yours, of creating space and welcoming others the way that you have welcomed us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.
It was Christ who was quoted as saying this in the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Do you know what the promise is after that? For they will be called children of God. I've been called a lot of things in life. I can think of no other name I'd rather be called than a child of God. Amen. As I offer a benediction this morning, I'm going to invite those who are willing and able, would you please stand? Our, our tradition is to extend our hands to remember, to remind us this is a, this is a prayer that we receive this morning. And it's a direct quote, Romans chapter 15, 13. I didn't come up with it. Somebody smarter than me did. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in faith so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. And there's a little bit of white stuff on all the cars that I see out there. So as you're walking, be careful. As you head home, be careful. joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.